1: Hey, friend Steve here. And Larson.
2: And welcome to Going Into All the
1: Dirt Sheet, the show where we take all the news from the week in the wrestling world and we compile all the good stuff right here at youtube.com forward slash Steven Larson and available wherever fine podcasts are. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and the little notify bell on YouTube. Make sure you get all your latest going in raw content. And, of course, on the uh, podcast apps, I'm sure they have a subscribe button or a download button or something like that. Automatically just feeds it to your phone. Make sure your feed is updated so you can get all the latest episodes of audio going in raw, Larson. Yes. Yeah, we're also available on the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. We have a bevy of reward tiers from $1 a month where you get, ooh, the $1 a month patrons this uh, this week, they're getting non-news. Correct. It's my favorite 10 minutes of internet programming in the universe. In the universe. Um, there's also a $5 reward tier. You get every single week, you get three recap live streams. You get the Raw recap, SmackDown, NXT 205 Live
3: Recaps. All live, we have a pre-show and a post-show where we usually just talk about movies. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. What's been happening lately? We're also at Per Wrestling Tees, Per Wrestling dot com slash going in raw. Thirteen designs, I think, right now, including fun that's wrestling
1: Oh, speaking of fun wrestling, W Steve W. The return of W Steve W. is happening this Monday, live at Twitch dot TV forward slash Steve and Larson. So that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Anyways,
3: anyways, let's get to the news.
2: In the news. So
3: there's been some interesting uh, news that has broken this week, starting out I think on Monday. Mm-hmm. Earlier this week, early ha- earlier half. Sorry, first half of the week. So we're doing this earlier than normal. You okay, buddy? I'm fine. I'm doing okay. Just not used to talking this much this early in the morning. I'm here with you. Everything's okay. Be fine. Okay. Sounds good. Anyways, Mike Johnson of PW Insider stated that there was talk. Of another superstar shakeup possibly happening after SummerSlam. They're shaking them up. Yeah, um, pretty quickly, James McKenna, I believe, uh, he works with Pro Wrestling Sheet, mm. um, threw some cold water. Not
1: gonna happen on the shakeup words.
3: rumors. Yes, on Twitter, saying, "Quote: Not sure where this post SummerSlam shakeup talk is coming from." But from what I've been told, it's not happening not again. Not until after Mania.
1: But the Wrestling Observer uh, added some fuel to this fire, saying others have confirmed to us that there is definitely talk of roster moves in the fall, and even some tentative proposed ideas. The one thing is the Superstar Shakeup did great ratings both nights, but there was a big drop afterwards as the shakeups seemed to make for less interesting rosters. But this could be a way to rectify it. You and I,
3: uh, SmackDown benefited greatly. They became
1: way more interesting. I thought, I mean, if you look at before and after, I mean, I I would probably, if you're going to blame anything for the shows not being as interesting, it'd be the writing, not the Mm -hmm. rosters, Because we both felt that the rosters... Saw a good deal of balance at that point. There was nothing more you could have done. It's, I'm looking at the Raw's women's uh, roster at the time. There was nothing more you could have done there. They went through Charlotte, Sasha Banks a
3: lot. Mm-hmm.
1: Bailey was still like sort of on the periphery. By shifting over Charlotte, you know that opened the the way for, for Bailey to come in there and yes. do some good stuff.
3: Yes. No. After the shakeup, I thought the, the both rosters we uh, were more balanced. The tag division
1: on SmackDown was an abyss. Yeah. And then... Uh, they brought the uh, New Day over. Yeah. Revitalized.
2: Revitalized them and the Usos.
3: Yes. You know. uh, Wrestling Observer Newsletter continues. Quote, another aspect being talked about is to send one or more wrestlers from the main roster to NXT. on, oh finish. Names in particular would be people who are major stars in NXT that Vince McMahon simply isn't going to push, even if they are over or people who are doing nothing on the main roster with the idea they can be more useful as major players on NXT. Here's the thing: um, uh, Bobby Fish is an NXT. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, his uh, Red Dragon partner. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything, but maybe on his way. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Adam Cole's probably going to sign. Yeah. Leo Rush. If they send even two or three people down for the main roster to go back to NXT. Uh, to uh, to strengthen up the NXT roster, I guess. Like, there's no room for anybody. Can we power rank really quick? Yeah, you would need an extra hour of NXT, which, if you know what, here's the only way I would be kind of into this, is if they invest the the time and resources into developing NXT into a legitimate third brand. Yeah. On par with Raw and SmackDown. Granted, they wouldn't have a TV deal. It'd still be a network show. Yeah. And for that reason, probably still have to have their shows. Probably still in full sale, but smaller venues, save right. for takeovers. Yeah. But, it, you know, give it a second hour, really push it, I could be on board with that. But it's still going to be it's still gonna seem like a step down, at least for now, for people who have been on the main roster to be sent back to NXT.
1: Well, what did I say off camera? I said I don't want NXT to become TNA. TNA is generally where stars go when they're, they they can't really, you know, cut it on the main roster of WWE. I don't want I don't I want NXT to be Look, the tagline is what? The NXT is the future of futures now. Yeah.
2: I don't want it to be
1: NXT is the place where burnouts go.
3: I don't want that either. That's why I said if if it's if it's a situation where they're they're looking to bolster NXT, make it a brand on par with Ron SmackDown, okay. Okay. But if but if Vince's attitude is like well just use his name as an example. Finn Balor's over, but we think he'd be better served building NXT. Mm-mm. No,
1: he's been there. He's done everything he
3: he's can. He's the first there. universal champion. You can't send him back to NXT. Okay, let's
1: just do real quick two power rankings, okay? Okay. And okay. be really quick. Number 1, what stars were over in NXT that haven't Ty Dillinger? Okay, let's put Ty at number five because he's barely been on the main roster. He just got there. But that fits the definition of a a competitor who's really over in NXT who they are not using at all. Enzo and Cass. Where could they possibly go with Enzo and Cast after this Enzo? I mean, Cast can go wherever. Yeah, Enzo. But even Cast is not... Dude, he's not getting over as a heel. No, because his character is basically non-existent. People are just annoyed with... Like, he's not getting heel heat. He's getting... Like, we're annoyed that you're not with Enzo anymore. Pretty much. That's not heel heat.
3: But I think... Actually, I think Enzo going back to NXT and trying to uh, harness his talents as a singles competitor could actually really benefit him.
1: Uh, yeah, no, you know, here's the thing. Enzo and Cast... They're probably I'll put I'll I'll do this. I'll put them number one because I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily mind seeing them. If let's say Authors of Pain Clear House again. Okay. Mm-hmm. Redragon, uh, freaking uh, T M sixty one, yeah. All those everybody. War Machine War Machine. Let's say wow, War Machine, that'd be crazy. Let's say Authors of pain. Authors of Pain clear everybody out and then Enzo and Cass come in. Now I don't think in a in, a, in a, at all that those guys would like, in, within storyline, have a chance against Authors of Pain. I mean, you're no. basically a handicap match at that point.
2: But I could see
1: them coming back to NXT and there being a big pop. They haven't done anything with them on the roster. We've seen how over they can be, especially in NXT. Yeah. I would be okay with that, perhaps. I can't think of anybody else that I'd be okay with, though. Well, I no, mean, no. Samoa Joe really. was huge in NXT. Yeah, no but way.
3: he's established himself. He might be universal champion yeah. in a month. Um here's an another another name, uh Chad Gable.
1: Yeah, okay. I, I would actually be okay with him back in NXT. Although the if if they did it before they really gave him an opportunity on main roster, that would be a bummer. It'd that would bummed. suck. But, but I, I, mean, like, I, really I
3: guess, like Chad I guess, Gable. I do too, I like him a lot. But what's worse, being on SmackDown and never being on the show or going to NXT that. and yeah. getting some more experience. Yeah. especially people that used to be in, in a tag team. You know, working as a singles competitor. Chad Gable has an immense
1: amount, and for him, a restart would kind of make some amount of sense. Yeah. Because he's no longer in a tag team; he's now a singles competitor. It's kind of a restart for his character. You can send him back to NXT. That would kind of make some amount of sense. Yeah, I think for the same reason as Enzo. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. got
3: to relearn how to, to 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 be a singles competitor and wrestle. Outside the confines of a tag team. I don't see Baron Corman going
1: back. No. Um, I just don't look, dude. Here's my thing. I just don't want to see, like, Dolph Ziggler, where he, where's he's been. I don't want to see him in NXT.
3: No, I don't think that was the I idea I don't want to see
1: the Ascension back in NXT. But
3: I, but, well, I actually wouldn't be surprised about that. Because um, they aren't doing anything with them. Send back to NXT, have them go back to what their gimmick used to be in NXT. I think that would actually do a lot of good. From extension? Yeah. yeah, it's the same gimmick they have now. Well, well, they didn't have the face paint and all that stuff in NXT.
1: Uh, I know, yeah, but I mean, they're just souped-up versions of what they are. They just want—that's the only difference—is that they won before and they're not winning now, and they like any money. They're fine being a comedy act. So there's a slight
3: gimmick change there, but yeah, there I mean, really is winning change. and losing. Okay, in NXT they might win. They might actually be on the show on a regular basis. Yeah. Um... But also, yeah, I that's the big base, based on Meltzer's quote here, I don't think it's a matter of, of Dolph Mojo? of Dolph getting sent down to NXT. I think it's, it says here people who used to be in NXT they got brought up, aren't being utilized, being sent back down. Yeah, that's how this reads to me. I'm still I'm still not a huge on it. I'm summing I mean, okay. Let
1: we got these names here: Enzo and Cass, Chad Gable, The Ascension, Mojo, and Ty. Instead of any of them, I would much rather see the current direction of NXT where they're bringing people in. Developing people from within, or bringing an outside star, yeah. and then uh, and then having them advance to the main roster. It should be step one, not step four. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Like I said,
3: unless the plan is to make NXT a two-hour show on par with or on SmackDown in terms of production value, level of talent, then okay. I can get on board with that. Then in a limited capacity, like these names, like, well,
1: two God. of those names. I really wouldn't want to see him. I wouldn't want to see him. I certainly wouldn't want to see him, but these two I'd be kind of yeah, okay with.
3: Yeah, Enzo and then... Enzo,
1: Cass, and Chad I don't Gable. think
3: Cass is going to get back down. They have they have high hopes for him. It's going to be, if it's anybody, it's going to be Enzo. Dude, just Enzo by himself going down to NXT. This is all speculation, by the way. Yeah. <sighs> and for both Enzo and Chad Gibble, they can use the same rationale. We've been uh, we've been tag team wrestlers for so long, we need to go back to NXT. Wouldn't even the NXT crowd get over that really quick, though? Like, oh, oh yeah.
2: cool, Enzo's back. Whoa, interesting. But we all know it's
1: because they had nothing to do with him, and they're dumping him on us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I
3: don't know, I don't know. man. I just, it's a, but Enzo, you know, even as a solo act, I think he would sell too much merch to be sent down to NXT. Uh, yeah, you would think. I mean, that is sort of the thing. You see a
1: lot of Enzo and cash shirts. Mm-hmm. That's still bizarre they broke them up. That's still really weird. It a year too early. Yeah. My goodness. Really early. Yeah, dude, a year, like three years too early, man. I mean, they really, especially if Enzo was sort of player-manager. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. He could have He could have managed Cass to the moon. Oh, yeah. To the moon. Yeah, I don't
3: know why they broke them up. That's so weird. It doesn't really make much sense.
1: Uh, so we'll see what happens. I, I just, it really, the, the thing that kind of bugs me about this is... NXT, as we all know, is Triple H's baby. And again, I'll preface this by saying once again, we don't really know what the dynamic is between Vince and Triple H and Stephanie and Shane and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. We don't really know. But Vince, I mean, uh, Triple H, it's NXT. NXT is his thing. That's where he's developing people. Whenever we've heard, whenever we've seen like Apollo Crews coming up too early, other guys coming up too early, we feel Ty went up too early. But I can see... I could see it either way with Ty because, like, the 10 chant was really strong. Yeah, I
3: mean, great reaction at the Rumble. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know I think he came up too early. Obviously, he came up without any sort of plan in place for him. That's
1: true, exactly. And so when that kind of stuff happens, we always hear, oh, well, Kevin Dunn wanted this or Vince wanted this. And so they're meddling with Triple H's plan, which seems by all, you know, it seems like it's a good plan. Mm-hmm. It's a very good plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the idea that Vince would be saying, well, I'm not going to use this guy, Throw him back down, that's where that's where it gets scary.
3: Yeah, and also if 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 because if, and granted, I know Vince is incredibly fickle. Yeah, but if you say use Ty as an example, you brought him up because his chant was popular, and thought you could catapult him to greater success, but you had no plan for him in yes. place, and maybe in the end you really didn't want him on the main roster. Why bring him up in the first place? Yeah, I know, I know. Why? What's the hurry?
1: And here's here's the danger: is that so we're talking about what this is saying in terms of you know, guys who were over in NXT bring him back down. But if he does – that, that's, like, step one. What if step four or five or six is, well, this guy's not getting over. It doesn't matter that he wasn't in NXT. It's Dolph Ziggler.
3: Let's bring him – you know, yeah. let's,
1: let's, let's shuttle him back.
3: Yeah. I don't know if they'll ever get to that point.
1: It's Vince. Never say never, dude. That's all I'm saying is that if, if he finds a good way, if he, if he – if he thinks that, if he wakes up one day and he thinks that NXT can be his dumping ground from main roster, who's to stop him from doing it?
3: Well, here's the thing. If it's a, a situation like Dolph, who's been the company for over a decade, mm-hmm. that's lame. Mm-hmm. But you have uh, like Zack Ryder. He won the U.S. title, got punished for some dumb reason, mm-hmm. got sent back down to NXT, and he kind of, yeah, you know, repackaged himself slightly, formed the hype bro with Mojo, came back up. Won the Intercontinental title. Yeah, I know, but. You know, I mean, if it's, a, if it's. It's still staggering. Stag- 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 I, stag- 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 I know. There's there's two things here. Where there's a dumping ground, which is lame, yeah. or there's a place where people can go to to kind of give their careers a, a kick in the pants, like Emma. Yeah, I know. She went back down to NXT, yeah. repackaged herself. Granted, she hasn't really done anything since she brought, got brought up to Maine, but it was an opportunity for her to say, okay, what I was doing on Maine wasn't working. Let's go back down to NXT, try some things, see if something works, roll with that for a bit. Come back up to Maine and see if I can I can have greater success the second time around with this new idea.
1: There is precedent for my dumping ground theory, also, and that's called
3: the ECW
1: reboot. Mm-hmm. Remember when they was like, mm-hmm. oh ECW ECW, and then Kane and Big Show had mm-hmm. the main titles mm-hmm. and they were putting on anybody, and like Johnny Mundo went down there and it was like it was like oh it seems dumping ground ish, but he's actually really cool, so yeah. <laughs> it was kind of okay. Yeah. Christian yeah. held the ECW title like know, really who cares. So, I don't know. I just, I, I, that scares the crap out of me. I forgot my second power ranking was, so it doesn't matter. Okay. We'll move on to
2: the idea, the possibility, the potential of Brock Lesnar taking on Johnny Bones Jones in the UFC. Yeah.
3: So, So last week we talked uh, quite a bit about uh, rumors about Brock uh, reentering the USADA uh, drug testing pool mm-hmm. in an effort to uh, fight for the UFC. Um, within the near future, whether that he's be got the itch back. yeah, whether that be later this year or after his contract expires in April following WrestleMania 34. Yeah. So this past week, um, John Jones took part in a Facebook Q and A. Um, of course, John Jones, he's taken on uh, Daniel Cormier right, this yeah. weekend. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's right. Yeah, Saturday I think.
3: Um, and so during this Q and A, he was asked if he'd be interested in a fight against Brock Lesnar. His response: quote I would love to fight Brock Lesnar. He's a massive dude. True. I mean, it would be a massive draw. Really big for the sport. It'd be a great challenge. That's a big old boy. True. I doubt Brock Lesnar would take the fight, though. I definitely wouldn't try to wrestle, him, wrestle with him the whole time. I would. You know what? I wouldn't tell you what I would do. Ooh, he's going to do the animal moves that Daniel Bryan was talking about before. Yeah. Um, Lesnar uh, was uh, asked by Associated Press about Jones' comments and responded, Will I fight John Jones? Anytime, anywhere. Right now, he should be worried about DC, Daniel Cormier, on Saturday night. Again, very true.
1: Dave Meltzer was on uh, live audio wrestling, The The Law, Law, and stated, quote, There's definitely fire to the smoke. UFC wants a Lesnar fight because UFC is having a bad year. I heard a couple weeks ago they wanted Ronda Rousey back, and they want Brock Lesnar. They want another Conor McGregor fight this year. They've got a budget, and this year has been terrible.
3: They want some drawing power for the end of the year. And uh, Meltzer continued in this week's uh, newsletter saying, The working plan is for Brock Lesnar to face John Jones, provided Jones beats Cormier this week with the idea of late December. But that time frame may not work since Vince McMahon would have to approve of any date until April. We were told that Lesnar versus Jones was a working idea from a number of sources, but one said that it wouldn't happen that early and have to be in 2018. So uh, I mean, if it's this pretty big match. fight, yeah, it's a massive fight. Yeah. Um,
1: I would assume they. W- I mean, I'm really stupid when it comes to this stuff, but would they be getting rid of weight limits?
3: Like, I mean, would this be? Well, there were talks, you know, years ago about uh, uh, Bones moving up to heavyweight. No, no. I mean, there have been talks, granted uh, never happened, of Brock uh, moving to flyweight. Anderson Silva taking on uh, George St. Pierre. Like these dream fights that, that...
1: Oh, yeah, no, they would, yeah, they, but, but... But they're in
3: different weight classes, but nonetheless, like, one would have to move up or the other would have to move down. They would do,
1: what do they call them, catch weights? Is that where they meet in the middle or something like that? Something like that, that yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, obviously... Where the, could Brock and John... I mean, I, I don't know. How, how heavy is John Jones? I don't know. He's a light heavyweight. He's super tall. And then, but the, ne- the next move up is heavyweight.
3: Yeah. Okay. But Brock is, like, 280. And what, John Jones is 200?
1: <laughs> He's 205. Well, yeah, 205 is light heavyweight.
3: So, if the he, limit for heavyweight is, like, 230 or something like that. Unless there's a weight in between. Yeah, I don't know. UFC heavy. I don't think there's a weight in between. I could be wrong about that. Like, uh, uh, weight the limit. Oh, yeah, weight. Um, I mean, it's a massive fight, John Jones, despite kind of the legal Heavyweight issues.
1: is 206 to
3: 265. Okay. Um, <laughs> so you is, could
1: theoretically give up six, uh, 59 pounds. Somebody, yeah, so that that could happen. I mean, look, Brock isn't Brock, yes, Brock is a big guy, but John Jones is a very, I mean, we'll find out Saturday if he still is. But it, before he, you know, encountered some of his illegal troubles, he was the best fighter on the planet. Yes, I remember, I remember watching his first match in the UFC against, I think it was like Stefan Bonner, and uh, boy, I think I was at Hilton's house, and man, we were really impressed. Ever since then, I've been like, you know, rooting for him. And then he gets all sorts of problems and stuff,
3: and you know. I but man, to give up that amount of weight—well, he had I'm sure he put weight on. I think for when you know when he when he How first much weight came weight? back from his suspension, you know there was there were reports that he had kind of uh, started taking better care of his body. He was powerlifting, and yeah. I, he was pretty good sized for a while. I mean, dude, even if
1: you know if you put a really really good fighter in against a guy who's an average fighter, which I think we can agree, Brock Lesnar at this point in his weight class is an average fighter. Yeah. We saw that in his last match. I mean, he's old. Um, you know, you, you, the fighter is going to have a really, really good chance. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, well, I mean in this
3: case historically speaking. I mean, look at the early days of USC, where there wasn't. Oh were yeah, like, those was the best clients. days. Those <laughs> were the best days. You have know, a Hoist Gracie in there beating everybody. Four
1: hundred pound guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he's, he's not.
3: He's not a large guy. But he no, he absolutely, fights, you know? absolutely.
1: But still, the idea like these days, I don't know. I don't know when the last time a fight similar to this happened. Like, what the last time a major weight discrepancy was. But even if he gains fifteen pounds, which is a, I would think a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, he's at 205 now. That's 220, and let's say Brock comes down to like 260.
3: Yeah, it's still 40 pound difference. That's a
2: massive difference.
1: That's a huge difference. But again, I'm not a big UFC guy, so maybe somebody in the comments can can school us a bit better on this, or maybe it is just a matter of one guy is like a top top level fighter wants to take on a guy like Brock Lesnar yeah. who's itching for a fight, and the that that you know the weight discrepancy there. Evens things out. I don't know. Yeah, I don't but, know either. But that's a massive, that is a huge fight. Oh, yeah. That is a huge fight. Because are they, is John Jones in DC, are they fighting for a title? I think so.
3: Okay. I think wasn't, again, I don't follow UFC either. Yeah, but I thought Cormier was uh, the interim champion or the champion. Yeah, I thought he was, but I don't know if that but was I don't know like, if that's still the
1: case. I don't know if that was like, you know, wait, what is this, one? UFC, no, two in the
3: 200s now. UFC 214. Let's take a look here. Fight card. Yeah, right now, Cormier is a light heavyweight champion. Okay. There you go. There you go. I think John Jones is going to win this thing. <laughs> I don't he know. won the I don't first know. fight between
1: them, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Dick about UFC to a degree, but
3: I'd never bet against John Jones.
2: Yeah.
1: So, yeah. Anyway, let's see here. What is his record? Anyway, I just look
3: this up. Didn't he win, lose like one fight early on? Yeah, felt like uh, I got one
1: loss. One loss, but I think that was the uh, the DQ loss against uh, uh, Ryan Vader. It was pretty early on, right? Uh, yeah, it was it was early on, and he was dominant. It was like it was a DQ because I don't know he hit him in the back of the head or something like that. Yeah. and the rest stopped it. So he is undefeated basically. Oh yeah, losses. Yeah, yeah one by budget. disqualification. Yeah. So, interesting. I yeah. do know some stuff, Lars, and I do
3: know some stuff. Cool. Yeah. Good job. So, yeah, this would yeah. be a, a huge fight, huge moneymaker. I would totally get this fight. Yeah, yeah I, I would, would totally get this fight. This would be fun. It would be fun.
2: Uh, moving on. Is the WWE ruining Nakamura? Well, I tell you what, you dumb son of a bitch, what are you doing with Shinsuke Nakamura? Okay, hold on. Hold
3: on. I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna, to I'm gonna preface this. And what? You can, read, you can read this quote in Stone Cold. War. Oh, beautiful. So, on a recent episode of his pon- podcast, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin... Was uh, talking with Jim Roth. They were talking about, uh, generally speaking, what they'd want for Shinsuke, Shinsuke for, Nakamura. And the subject of Nakamura came up, and this is what Stone Cold had to say about how WWE has been booking Shinsuke Nakamura.
2: What? You bring him over and he's going thirty minute Broadway.
1: By the way, thirty minute broadways is my new favorite term. That's a good phrase. Yeah.
2: You bring him over and he's going thirty minute broadways with half the damn roster. What? Debut down there in WrestleMania 32, NXT with Sami Zayn. Hell of a match. Hell of a match. A lot of credit to Sami Zayn and Shinsuke, but here's the king of strong style, and all of a sudden he comes in and he's working Dolph Ziggler, and it took him a long time to finish off Dolph for the king of the strong style. Do you understand where I'm going with this gimmick? That's booking, though. What is the plan? You've got this guy who's one of those talents that just don't come around every single day. He's special. He comes in, and you treat him like he's another Joe Blow. What? And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so.
3: I I think despite the fact that WWE has treated Nakamura like an absolute star, uh, especially his debut on the main roster and how he's been booked, hasn't exactly gone without uh, issues. Yeah. The fact that he debuted in a segment uh, with The Miz. Yeah. Right before the Superstar shake Because yeah. that feud seemed perfect. I know. You had The Miz, who Daniel Bryan had called soft.
2: hmm
3: Yeah, I know. And then you have Nakamura come in, the King of Strong Style. That seemed like a perfect feud to start <laughs> things. <laughs> Don't you love how they stumble into potential great feuds?
1: <laughs> because you know, when he was doing the thing with Daniel Bryan, A, they never thought Daniel Bryan was going to come out of retirement. No. Well, they would never Their, their retirement. Yeah, exa- I know. Exactly. That's what I mean. They were never going to let him wrestle The Miz, so what was even the point of doing that? And number two, they had no idea that the King of Strong style was going to debut in a segment with The Miz, who was being accused of being soft by Daniel Bryan, and you had a perfect. So they just
2: stumble into these potentially great feuds that they go nowhere with. It's like what. Sesson Dean are in there against the Miz tarage. The crowd is literally standing
1: Roman and they don't send him out there. And they could totally have done it and it totally would have not I know. made a difference. I know. Would have made a difference in, in Roman's program with Stroman at all. At all. It would all. have been a special moment and they just.
3: We don't know. I know. Whatever. I think it was the following week the Miz. Can't was, go against the script. The Miz was sent to Raw. Mm-hmm. So literally, what was the point of that? Yeah. Instead. Uh, Nakamura is putting a feud against Dolph Ziggler. Uh-huh. But then he doesn't wrestle for a month and a half. Yeah, I understand. You want his first match to be a huge deal on a pay per view. I get it. Yeah, but not having him wrestle at all for a month and a half. Yeah, no. Stone no. Cold's right. Yeah, he should have been going through everybody on SmackDown. Well, here's also, and here's, he should have run right through Dolph. Here's also kind of, I,
1: I he doesn't. I mean, he kind of gets to it here. But his match, Shinsuke's match with Sami Zayn was probably a match of the year candidate at NXT. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was fantastic. He was really good. Why don't they just let him wrestle a really, really good match? That, it boggles my mind. It's like, hey, we've got this guy coming in from New Japan. He's a massive star. Let's put him in there against our best actual wrestler, Sami Zayn, right? Yeah. So they bring in Shinsuke Nakamura. And granted, they might be waiting until WrestleMania, but you know how it goes. Like, do you think that there's actually a long-term plan to put Nakamura in there against AJ Styles or WrestleMania? No, I mean,
3: everything, I read an interview with AJ, and he's the one that's been pushing for it. He's the one that he's, pushed for yeah. their moment at uh, Money in the Bank. Yeah. And he's been the one saying, if we're going to do this, we're going to take our time and really tease it and yeah. build it over the long term. He told us that personally. He did, but he's <laughs> also been saying that in other interviews. Oh, so
2: AJ's
3: the one that's pushing for that and that's yeah. putting in, it seems like, a lot of creative thought into it, how to, pu- how to, how to push it. At a certain
1: point, do you think AJ is just not, is, is like, man, I, I mean, I was just happy to be here and, you know, experience all this, but I'm really seeing how they misrun this place.
3: <laughs> I mean, he just came from TNA, too, so. I know. He's like, hey, no matter
1: what happens here, it's still there in TNA. It ain't TNA. Exactly. Um, But, I mean, that's kind of my thing, too, is that the one thing about Dolph, Dolph was never, number one, the whole Dolph feud was crap because... That Dolph didn't ever have true motivation for anything. It was always like, "You've never done anything here." Well, yeah, he had like match of the year in NXT, and that's here.
3: And he so was, he was, you know, like top star in Japan for a decade.
1: I know exactly. And it's like, here's the thing about Dolph is that I don't see Dolph ever putting on like a, you know, four and a half star match. But he's a decent wrestler. I mean, he's a, he's a, I
2: yeah, know, we're, he's we're
1: we both soured on him. Yeah, but we've seen him. He we've seen him. Uh, display the ability to put on a dramatic, compelling mm-hmm. match. Good match against the Miz at uh, Survivor Series, no even, and the Miz at No yeah. Mer- No Mercy. So we've seen that he can do that. So instead of what they did, why didn't they just say Dolph wrestle the match of your life? Like if you really want to get Shinsuke over as a massive star, show us all what he can do as a great. Great wrestler, as a yeah. great storyteller, yeah. you know, like bring him in on that level. Yeah. So I'm not even I'm not even concerned with what because they have tried to sort of. I mean, it's bottom line, it's weekly television. You know, it's like he has to fight. He had he has to be thrown in matches. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, it, it has. They've they've treated him like a star, and then we're going to see what happens. Yeah, I
3: think the match next week to be pretty telling about. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, a SummerSlam poster, um, that you know, uh, people have said is official, Um, featuring four participants in the universal title match at SummerSlam, Mm -hmm. as well as Jinder, Cena, and Nakamura. Yeah, okay. Those are the only people on the poster. So people are inferring from that poster... Oh, three-way. Wow. So Baron will interfere in in main event next week, Cena versus Nakamura.
1: I mean, you can kind of... I mean, that is sort of the... If that's the case, if Nakamura... If Nakamura is in a title shot, is in a title match, sorry, at SummerSlam, his first big two pay-per-view, how can you really argue that they're, I mean, they, are they mishandling him? Yeah, kind of, a little bit. Yeah. But they do, like, they do treat him like he's a big star. Yeah. People
3: are afraid of him.
0: Yeah.
1: People should be a little bit more afraid of him. Yeah. I'm not huge on this whole artist thing. No, story. I'm
3: not either, and that's something else that stone cold and jim mm. ross talk about is is his level of aggression yeah that he yeah, showed yeah. yeah in uh in wb isn't exactly what it's been in nxt much less in new japan but they talk about you know him acclimating to a different style yeah how it seems like he's 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 not kicking with the same strength and, and oh, force yeah. as he was in japan which is <laughs> <sense> <laughs> oh I oh,
2: can't do that <laughs> you no know.
3: um
1: yeah you know it's funny because just uh well yesterday well this is being filmed on thursday Uh, just yesterday we were talking about our SmackDown thing and somebody had the question about how you turn Nakamura heel. Like the more and more I think about it, I'm like, man, I would love a Nakamura faction. Oh, I would love that. Mm -hmm. A chaos day America. Mm -hmm. That'd be great. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, the Dolph thing, yeah, it felt like it took forever. Now he's in the thing with Baron Corbin, who is not a good wrestler. He's not a terrible wrestler. He's not a bad wrestler. Yeah,
3: he's, he's okay. He's
1: there. Their match on SmackDown was decent. Um, but, you know, obviously we, we wanna fast forward to when we see AJ Styles. You know, we wanna see that. We wanna see, hey, you have Sami Zayn on your roster. Yeah, why Kevin why not? Owens. Why not reignite Kevin Owens? You have three of the best roster three of the best wrestlers in the WWE, if not in the world, on your yeah. roster. Yeah. You know. Did he ever fight was he did he fight Cash Fono when he came back?
3: Uh, do, they, do they overlap at all? Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah, no. no, they did, but they didn't wrestle at all. Oh,
1: remember, yeah, Cassius was back there. Shin. Not like this.
3: Yeah. But <laughs> they didn't wrestle. They didn't wrestle.
1: Put him in there with Cassius ono. Oh, no. Send Cassius Ono to
3: SmackDown. Yeah, that'd be good. Give him the limelight. Let's answer some questions.
2: All right, first up from Steve Club Mark, Robert Draftmaster Chacone. He says, Hey, friendo, power rankings time. Too bad, Robert. We already did power
1: rankings. What's next? I'm joking. Top five surprise returns to WWE. He says, example, Jericho showing up out of the blue. Surprise I think returns. did a
3: count out on that. Yeah, well, he did best returns. Best, best returns. Uh, Triple H oh. they came back with the torn
1: quad. That wasn't a surprise, though. They uh, They announced that like... Couple weeks in advance, or at least a week before. Oh, really? They had like a video graphic package. Oh, like, next week Triple H return. Okay, then Cena come back at the Rumble. Cena's in the, yeah, it's probably number one. Cena Rumble that one time. Um, didn't Edge come back surprisingly and win? Probably at a Rumble.
3: Yeah, that sound, yeah, that's right. Edge Rumble. Uh, when Lesnar came back,
1: that was a surprise
3: until they 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 spoiled it on Twitter.
1: Oh yeah, okay. Lesnar, Other Jericho Rumble, I think in like 2008. Yeah. Obviously, we're missing one. What about when the entertainer came back as a biker guy?
3: There you go. (laughs) American badass taker.
1: (laughs) Taker returns. There you
3: go. Those are your power rankings. Going in Raw, World Gimmick Table Heavyweight Champion Nick Parsons. Hey, friendos, it seems the big brawls on Raw lately have led to the whole locker room coming out to help split the brawl up. Does this help the feud price of hurting the other talent, for example, um, being both our truth and gold dust were out there even though they are feuding? Nah.
1: No. Doesn't do anything.
3: I think it's cool. It makes the, the brawl seem huge. Important. Yeah, important. We have to put
1: aside our differences and go stop this brawl from happening. Yes.
3: Burning down our house. Yes. The
1: glorious champion Dylan Haggett asks, Hey, guys, power rank. Boy, you went heavy on the power rank questions this week. Power rank, who has the best chance to win the fatal four-way for the universal title at SummerSlam? It's only four competitors. So it's only a four, four thing power
2: rank. Four,
3: four uh, yeah.
1: Unless Baron, Cor- Baron Corbin number five. Well,
3: it's not for the universal title. but anyway, the
1: only person who could possibly, potentially, logically, storyline-wise, get in on this. By cashing in his money in the bank. Okay. It's never been confirmed that it's brand specific. I know. I Back know. in the day, it
3: was not brand specific. I know. Specific. Number one, who is the odds-on favorite right now to win? It's going to be Roman Reigns. <sighs> no, it's
1: not. It's Braun. Braun? It's Braun. Because Roman has to conquer Braun for once and for all. What if
3: he conquered Braun during this match? No, nah, there's too many other people. All right, number two is Roman then. Number two is definitely Roman. And, and then Reigns. Probably Brock and then Joe. Uh,
1: Joe, then Brock. Brock is not walking away with that title. I don't know. I'm not walking out with that title. Do I don't me. know, man. They're trying to boost ratings. the Universal Champion on Raw. James Braun would be the best. No, he would be the best. Because then Roman Reigns. And Roman still has, in, you know, until... He carries it until Summer uh, Survivor Series. Roman takes it off him there.
3: And then it's Brock reigns at WrestleMania, and then Brock finally beats him, sorry, reigns finally beats him clean, regardless if Brock is the one with the belt or not.
1: Or is it, is it a bigger
3: deal for Brock,
1: for Roman to beat Brock for the belt?
3: It probably is, but I don't know if they're in a situation where they can have their cake and eat it too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. And I still think the better story is Braun carrying the belt through WrestleMania and then Roman beating him there. Um, oh, Braun or... Braun, Braun yeah, Braun yeah. carrying the belt Mania. Well,
1: what about Brock, though? What's
3: going to happen with Brock? He's going to go to UFC. He's going to fight John Jones mm-hmm. at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. All right, I like it. Uh, James, the Highland Scott. Who do you think is the next breakout star for the modern era who will face Cena in 10 years at Mania like The Rock did? So, Cena's a part-timer now. Mm-hmm. Who is the huge breakout star? Seth Rollins. Yeah.
1: I'm trying to think if there's any less obvious answers because it's definitely Seth Rollins. He's like the company guy.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's Seth Rollins. They had his... Uh, I know that Hot Topic they had his... Uh, it's funny because the dude who was telling... me like Because uh, like, I went to Hot Topic and I was going like, want to see if they had any Young Bucks shirts or Bullet Club shirts.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And they didn't. And I was like, hey, uh, where's your Bullet Club Young Bucks merch? And he says, oh yeah, that's that wrestling stuff, right? And I was like, yeah. He said, it sells out like immediately, like within two days it's gone. And I look and he's wearing a Black and the Brave shirt. I'm like, that's more obscure than Bullet Club.
3: Mm -hmm. Why are you wearing
1: that? Is it just because it looks cool? You have no credibility, Hot Topic guy. And then again, it's Hot Topic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Then I got pissed because uh, they had a Minor Threat shirt there and they only had a medium, so Lacey got it. I didn't get it because I'm an XL. It's a bummer. That is a bummer. Yeah. I don't have my old Minor Threat shirt. I don't know what happened to it. I want to show my punk bona fides.
3: Oh, okay. <laughs> that <laughs> you're, I, that you're, I bought from Hot have Topic. Have you ever listened to uh, Wire? Are you familiar with the work of Wire? Mm-mm. They're a British band. Uh, I don't know if they were in the initial wave of punk, but they started out as a punk band, but a little little more noisy, a slight more a bit experimental than say Sex Pistols or, or or early Clash. Yeah. But then they quickly, you know, just transitioned straight to like post punk type stuff. The first three albums are all really good. That's cool. I'm
1: going to check them out. Let's yeah, check them out on here. I'll look for it later. But it's in my search. Yes. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Kane Kirk.
3: Kane Kirk. You've mentioned before that Kay. you wish you could have experienced seeing CM Punk's Straight Edge Society days. Are there any periods of wrestling that you are glad that you didn't have to watch? Thanks, friendos. The period when I stopped watching. I stopped
1: watching it for a reason because it was crap. I looked back on it and it was still crap. So, like, two thousand and six, seven, eight, I guess, around. Like, I was always kind of in tune what was going on.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But around that time, like, the women's division was just a horrible mess of, like, ugly playboy wannabes. And I don't know. I mean, on one hand, I missed, I think I missed a lot of, I don't know when the Miz and Morrison started teaming up. I kind of was tuning in. But they did some entertaining stuff.
3: Yeah. Um, Part of me. Wishes. I, mean, I didn't watch wrestling a whole lot in the early '90s, mm-hmm. and probably because it wasn't good. Yeah. But I kind of wish I just didn't really watch it much at all because it wasn't good. Yeah. Yeah. From like nine, like '91 to '93.
1: So they were doing, uh, they were doing that stuff oh. in looks like 2008. Yeah, years active 2007 to 2009. So that's around when I wasn't watching. Yeah. So around that time because it's just I don't know. And then, yeah, it was around the time. I think uh, I got kind of excited for the ECW reboot and then immediately when I saw what was happening with it, I was like, This is crap.
3: Yeah. Like, I don't want to watch this. My I, I just got bummed out and it was all crap. Yeah. Uh, next from Herney Fernie, with the rumored superstar shakeup happening after Summerslam, what if uh the Universal and WWE championships switch brands? How would you book their individual runs on their new brand? So, WWE Champion would go to Raw. Mm-hmm. Say, for example, John Cena. Okay. Say John Cena wins the SummerSlam. Okay. And then uh, Braun Strowman mm-hmm. moves over to SmackDown. Mm. That'd be weird if they had like a blue strap. Hmm. They changed that to a blue mm-hmm. strap. Hmm.
1: Um, you said who? Oh, Braun? Braun, okay. Yeah.
3: But I guess if Cena were a free agent he you know wouldn't exactly be him moving to Raw full time.
1: Well, let's say like they do a shake up where they switch champions. Yeah,
3: for like zero reason.
1: Um well, that would give us Cena versus Reigns Yeah. immediately just book that. Just yeah. have that be a six month feud. Yeah. Um and then
3: it'd be interesting to see Braun uh wrestle AJ Kevin Owens.
1: Because it'd be fun to see. I think my,
3: the thing that I'm that I would
1: really actually love
3: to see is,
1: in fact, Cena versus Reigns at Mania. I would actually love to see that mm-hmm. because, especially if you did like a four month feud where Cena nobody here's the thing nobody in the world can out swag Cena. Nobody in the world can bury Cena. But Roman Reigns could, yeah, because maybe. he's the guy they're trying to make into Cena. I know. And so you can take all the stuff that Cena is kind of about—the fact that he's now referencing himself as Super Cena. Yeah. You can take that stuff, and and you can't do that with Roman Reigns. He no. beat the Undertaker. Like he has all these bona fides. I know. They've already been uh, uh, talking back and forth on Twitter. They've already. Well, yeah. That's why I think they're gonna do it. Oh yeah. Um. So I, I don't know. I think it'd be. I think it'd be. I think it'd be cool. I mean, you know. The idea of, of of Reigns beating Brock is one thing, but the idea of Reigns
3: beating Cena,
1: like it would it would it would seriously echo Rock versus Cena.
3: Yeah, I feel like that'd be a much hu- huger moment.
1: Yeah, I think than it would.
3: Reigns beating Brock, especially if everybody knows Brock is out the door.
1: Yeah, and no, it, you're exactly right because Brock can eat losses. You know, he ate one ate one against Goldberg. I know, in ninety you know? seconds. In ninety seconds. Cena's not do like Cena is. If they want to make him the next Cena, they don't want to make him the next Brock. They want to make him the next Cena. Mm-hmm. So have him fight Cena. That should be the torch, the I know.
3: handing of the torch. Money. I know it really should. Uh, Joshua Levi. We are halfway through the year. What grade do you give Raw and SmackDown and and why? Thanks, guys. We're also about a excuse me a year removed from the draft, the brand extension. Mm-hmm. Um, I think right now grades I would give SmackDown. I'd give it a solid B. Yeah, I was gonna say that too. And then Raw B minus.
1: I would give Raw a C. I mean, it's split in hairs, but I think it's it's been there. There's been really great moments, really crap moments. That gets a C in my
3: book because that's exactly average. Okay, I'll say B minus for Raw. Mm-hmm. And I'll say a B plus for SmackDown. All right, so we're just mm-hmm. shifting, shifting a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Video question time. Um, first, from Alexander Corrente. Let's see what Alexander has to say.
4: Excluding the cruiserweights, they don't count. I would like you guys to compare on each brand, each respective division. The heavyweights compared to each other on Raw Smackdown, the women compared to each other, and etc. Which division
2: on each has done better than their counterpart, which has failed compared to their counterpart, and which are you more excited for in the future? Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thank you, Alexander.
3: Compare and contrast each brand's. Division. So, let's start with the tag division. Okay. Um, obviously, Raw's tag division is much deeper.
1: Yes, correct. Um, it's also uh, features a couple more redundancies. Yeah. You have the club... And uh, you got the club, Revival, and Cesaro and Seamus kind of all occupying occupying the same spot. Although
3: the club seemed to be moving into tweener territory.
1: Yeah, well, at at this very moment, like this past week, that is true. We saw hints of that.
3: And the Hardys always seem like they're uh, one uh, settlement away from probably breaking up.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, the broken IP news is now being shifted over to non-news. Yeah,
3: we can't cover that all the time with every little development because it really is non-news at this point.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So if you guys want to know more about the broken universe IP, uh, plunk down $5 a month and you can hear me talk about it.
2: Yeah.
3: Us talk about it. Us, talk, I'm sorry. Us talk about it. Us talk about it. Um, so I would give I would give the advantage to the Raw Tag Division now, simply on the basis of its depth. Really? I think so. See, I would give it me personally. I would give
1: it a SmackDown. And I'll tell you why. Because it's not the depth that matters; it's the variety that matters. And on SmackDown, you've got you've got such a difference between what the four tag teams they have there. Oh, actually five. If you think about it. Because the Hype Bros are like nobody else. The Fashion Police are like nobody else. The New Day are like nobody else. And the Usos are like nobody else. And the Ascension are like nobody else.
3: The uh, Hype Bros probably going to break up pretty soon, though.
1: Probably, but in the meantime, they have not yet. And I, I stand by. That's five tag teams, whereas on Raw, you got four. There are four, but pretty much all on equal footing. That's true. Power ranking-wise, they're all on equal footing, but three of them are virtually the same
3: team. No, I understand that. That's my point. That's my point. Uh, Whereas on SmackDown, you have two who are legitimate contenders yeah, for the title, I know, I know. and then everybody else is way down the line. That's true. That's true.
1: Um, okay, so next up, we've got the the women's division.
3: Yes, it's kind of the same thing. On I mean, and granted, Raw has done a decent job of building up the the depth, but you know, for the longest time, mm-hmm. it was Bailey. Sasha and Alexa, and there is a drop off. Yeah. Now Nia Jax is pretty close to that top group of three women. Yeah. Yeah. Um, SmackDown is kind of the same thing, where you have Charlotte, who was brought over after the the shakeup. She's mm-hmm. obviously a huge star. Becky Lynch is pretty yeah pretty popular, but for the longest time, the, the women's SmackDown SmackDown women's division was benefited from a great deal of depth. Mm-hmm. It seemed like anybody could hold that belt. Mm-hmm. And I think now with the, the shakeup, that's kind of changed.
1: Yeah.
3: Um. So I, so I think I would give the advantage to Raw right now. Mm-hmm. So I think the four women on top of Raw are probably stronger than the four women on the top of SmackDown. So I think Sasha, Bayley, Nia Jackson, Alexa Bliss.
1: I agree with you on. I, I agree with you in that term are on. stronger
3: foursome than Charlotte, Becky. You're
1: right. No, you're you're absolutely right about that. Naomi
3: I mean, and exactly. No, you're right. Natalia.
1: However, the thing that I do love about SmackDown, I think you're right about that. I. It, for me, I'd
2: probably call it a bit of a wash.
1: Although you're right about you're right about robbing being top heavy. SmackDown, on the other hand, has done a pretty good job of making a star. And a lot of people disagree about this, but I know you and I are both on the same boat in this one. Making a star out of Naomi.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: She's, they, I think they they have their their heavy hitters who they knew who everybody knows and understands can be main eventers. You know Charlotte and Becky Lynch. They can always be title contenders. Yeah. And then they've made a star out of Carmella, who's missed Money in the Bank. Yeah. And I thought they're doing a good – I think they're doing a good with job with her. She's sort of been in the background nowadays. Yeah. But she's always there. She's always, you know, hovering. And so I think they did a good job making up those two. Plus they have the veteran Natalia, and then they're, they, they're using the, uh, Tamina quite a bit now with the Lana thing. Mm-hmm. So I think they've got depth. It's, I mean, I understand that, yeah, they got some heavy hitters, but they're, try- they're, they're, they're making some good – They're, they're trying to – They're building some stars,
3: whereas Raw is relying on the stars they already have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, men's division. Jeez, what a mess.
1: Well, how can you – I mean, with what they've done with the universal title scene, how do you not give that to Raw? I know. You know, which is crazy to think because you've got Shinsuke, AJ, uh, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn over on SmackDown. But, dude, you've made, like, especially with Samoa Joe, like what they've done with Samoa Joe, what they've done with Braun Strowman, then you have Brock and Roman over there. And then your mid card is Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Dean Ambrose, The The Miz. Miz. I know. Are you kidding me? Yeah,
3: Raw has the advantage. Wow. Definitely.
1: Which is weird considering, like, you know, I've given Raw a C,
3: you I know? know? I know.
1: Like, when you think about it, it's like, holy crap, that Universal theme is actually really good. And they've got, the, like, a really packed midway. Oh, mid-air? I didn't mention mentioned Bray Wyatt either on Raw. Were we wrong about the shakeup?
2: <laughs> no, because SmackDown got all the wrestlers. Yeah. But they're not letting him wrestle. No. What is with this AJ Styles Kevin Owens thing where
1: they
3: can't put together a good match? I don't know. both the matches were good until the finishes. Yeah. The
1: finish of the first one made sense. These should be thrilling encounters that leave us breathless, and instead they just leave us like, wait, what? What Yeah. Is Is that wired?
3: Don't do their new stuff. I don't know. I'm not familiar. Yeah, I
1: have no idea. Here, I'll I'll
3: I'll walk you through it.
1: Well, no, just let's. let's,
3: Okay, uh, uh, Adam Fella has a video question. Let's see what Adam Fella has to say. Okay.
4: Hey, friendos, Adam here. How you doing, Patrick Sparks? I saw you take my line last week. Good stuff. Well, how you guys doing? Good now that I got that out of the way. My birthday is on Friday, so uh, happy birthday to me. And that ties into my question. That's not just a gratuitous plug. For your next birthday scenario, for your next birthday, you're going to have a wrestling-themed birthday party. It only makes sense, right? You guys are a wrestling podcast. What wrestler would your wrestling-themed birthday party be themed after? I would go with Macho Man Randy Savage.
3: Thank you, Adam Fella. So, it's your birthday? It's your birthday. You have to have a wrestling-themed birthday party. Yeah. Um, who, what wrestler...
1: Yeah, it says the definitive post-punk record yeah. that would come to epitomize the genre.
3: All right, I'm in. Um, uh, you're having a birthday party that's wrestling theme. Which wrestler would inspire the theme to your birthday party? I'll tell you who's Mine this. Who mine Bronze Roman? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say the same because thing. Because if I don't like anything, yeah. this cake is garbage. <laughs> this present <bread laughs> is garbage. <laughs> garbage. I can just be a jerk. Yeah, and get away with it
1: exactly, and then you finish everything up with an ambulance
3: match. Yeah, the cake would be like an ambulance, and I would tip it over. Oh, that's great, man. How about you?
1: Well, well, I mean, honestly, the first thing that came to mind was Braun as well, but I'm not going to say that. Um, I'll, I'll say Sami Zayn because it's
3: just a big ska birthday party. But then there'd be like some amazing matches. You don't like Ska. No, there's not matches happening. This is just like decorations. A
1: wrestling theme birthday party. Are you going to have wrestling at a wrestling theme no. birthday party? Um, all
3: right. So you're right. I don't like Ska. be honest with you, I don't like Ska.
1: Um, I would do a theme of... Um, hold on. Hold on. Give me a second. Ooh. I would do a Naomi-themed birthday party. It would be all glowy and cool. Great
3: idea. Yeah, but then I'd
1: add, like, Maria and uh, Mike Mike
3: Canellis, and so it would be, like, live sex parties. Heck yeah, dude. You know they do that shit. Patrick Sparks has a video question. Let's see what Patrick has to say. Hey, friendos. Hey, friendos. Pat here. So, I've been scouring the interwebs and the dirt sheets for some news and I came across one report from the Dirty Sheets podcast saying that at SummerSlam, it will be Seth and Dean versus Sheamus and Cesaro for the Raw tag titles. If this is true, which they're pretty good with all their other reports recently, um, we obviously won't get that fatal four-way tag match between Revival Club, Hardee's, and Sheamus and Cesaro, which would be fantastic. But With this being said, I want you to book a Fatal 4-Way tag match with a tag team from the 80s, tag team from the 90s, tag team from the 2000s, and a tag team from now. Um, What do you guys think? Thank you, Patrick. Thank you. So book a Fatal 4-Way tag team match with teams from the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and
1: 2010s. All right, so from the 80s, I think uh, we're going to go with... Um uh Arn and Oli. Okay, okay. I
3: was gonna say the Road Warriors.
1: Okay. How about the nineties? We go with uh the York Foundation featuring the computerized man of the nineteen. Did they ever I have no idea. Well then we can't we can't. The Patriots that. then, Larson, the Patriots. What about the Enforcers? Oh even better. Okay, so Arn and Oli versus Arn and Larry. <laughs> yeah, sounds like the three stooges. Uh the two thousands.
3: Um
1: Chronic. Okay, it's Chronic.
3: Chronic, good. The
1: 2010s. 2010s. 2010s.
3: Authors of Pain.
1: Oh, wow. That's great. Who wins?
3: Authors of Pain.
1: Authors of Pain have to win,
3: absolutely. Uh, Lee Fox has a video question. Let's see what Lee Fox has to say. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. Hold on a second.
1: What if the Enforcers and Arn and Ole... What if both Arn's ditch they swerve their tag teams and they team up to be ultimate enforcers? Well, they'd be
3: true enforcers. Then. They'd yeah. be the true enforcers. Do you think two Arn's couldn't beat the authors of pain? You're, but I don't. I don't know because uh, whether two Arn's would work together as a tag team.
2: They'd work. For, he's the greatest tag team wrestler exactly. on the planet. Remember that
3: episode of Seinfeld where Jerry uh met Janine Garofalo and they were the same person. Same person. Yeah. And it didn't work. I like the one where they
1: found an actress who looked like Jerry? Yeah. Oh man,
3: that was because they were two alike. Yeah, that's it, I mean because they're two the people that are two alike might not complement each other well. Yeah, but wasn't Oli just a crappier version of Arn, and well, they were fine it. together?
1: So then amp that up to actual Arn, still might not work, man. We'll have to we'll have to test this out on like two K seventeen. Arn and Arn versus the authors of pain. I don't think that's Can we please do that? I don't think I that'd be an we'll just have simulation. the computer sim it and see who wins. All right, because that's oh that's per- we're going to do that. Oh, we're definitely. If you want to see that, let us know in the comments.
3: Next, from Lee Fox. Let's see what Lee Fox has to say. Hey there, friendos. It's your friend from across the pond, Lee Fox here. We're back with another
4: video question. I'm going to try and add a bit more charisma and actually look at the screen this time around. Um, my question is about Darren Young. Uh, he's obviously cleared from injury and he's coming back soon. I think he was on Raw before he got injured. Would you like to see him come back as the Bob Backlund sort of thing again? or do you reckon he'd make a nice addition to the mid-card on SmackDown? Or would you like him to become part of Titus Worldwide? Um, and how would you introduce it? So, Larson, um, as you don't too sweet, does this mean you don't fist bump either? Thanks, friendos.
3: Thank you, Lee. So, uh, Darren Young, he's been cleared to return. Oh, nice. I had no idea he was injured. Yeah, he hurt his elbow. Oh, wow. Um, so, Lee asks, would we like to see him return with Bob Backlund? No. You join Titus Worldwide? No.
1: Join Shinsuke Nakamura's faction, Chaos Day America. Okay, that's what I want to see. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think about Darren Young? I I actually really like Darren Young. I do too. I, just, I don't really want to see him back with Titus. I mean, they were good together, but I feel like they need to go their separate ways. Mm-hmm. I I th- thought his stuff with Backlund was entertaining, but they didn't do anything with him. No. So I don't
3: know. I would be curious to see what their plans were for the uh, Darren Young Backlund.
2: Yeah, yeah, me too, if there were any plans. Because,
3: yeah, because he had that match against The Miz for the Intercontinental title. Yeah. They had the weird finish, yeah. and then he was never in the title picture ever again. That's weird. So let's be curious to see what their actual plans were for him.
1: No say. Uh Next up, JuggerNut has a question.
4: Hey, friendos, it's your boy, Juggernuts, the going in Raw Grand Slam champion with my first ever video question. Yeah. So, uh, this is a question regarding NXT. Now, I recently watched a video from what culture called 10 Things That WWE Wants You To Forget About NXT. And they brought up the fact that the system kind of hurts new talent in the sense that, you know, it's harder to make new stars. Now, I thought about it, and, you know, that kind of made a lot of sense because if you think about, like, some of the most over guys that have either graduated from art or are still in NXT, I mean, Finn Balor, Shinsuke Nakamura, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Roderick Strong, Bobby Roode, Samoa Joe Asuka, I mean, do you know what these guys have in common? They all established themselves somewhere else before coming in, like, whether it be Ring of Honor, uh, New Japan, or the other indies, I could be wrong about this, but it feels like an indictment against NXT, their ability to create new talent. I get that it's a wrestling company, and you want to put guys in there that already know what they're doing, but if this is the case, then why even have a developmental system at all?
1: Thank you. So I think his question is, does NXT actually uh, hurt developmental talent? Because all the talent that that come up, and they're big, cut their teeth elsewhere.
3: In the Indies and essentially go to NXT, it seems, to learn the WWE style, getting prepared to move to the main roster.
1: Yeah, but here's the thing. They do stuff with them. I mean, they take talent that's already established, um, like Bobby Roode. You know what I mean? Like, he came in from TNA. Yeah, he's an established talent. But then what do they do with him? Amazing things. Yeah. Austin Aries, they did really, really good things with him. Um, Finn Balor did really, really good things with him. So...
3: And they have developed some uh, some stars in-house. Authors of Pain. Authors of Pain, Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was developed in-house. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I don't necessarily think it... I mean, you could say that developmental talent might have fewer opportunities to be on TV, but they have a whole touring brand mm-hmm. dedicated to developmental yeah. in Florida. Um. And if they still so have the opportunity to cut their teeth doing regular shows, yeah. find their characters develop them, work on them in these live settings, get to the point where management and the talent feel comfortable taking the next level. Then you have uh, Patrick Clark, Velveteen Dream. Mm-hmm. They have Street Profits who are going to come up soon.
1: Yeah. It'll be interesting to see uh, Cesar Bononi mm-hmm. and Sonya Deville. We'll mm-hmm. see what they're going to do. They're mm-hmm. in-house talent. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see. I
3: mean, uh, Velveteen Dream's getting... A lot of TV time. <laughs> yeah. A lot. I yeah. well, that dude. Yeah, he's, he's great.
1: He's hilarious. Um, let's see. Next up, Adam Mayhem. Let's see what Adam has to say.
0: Buenas tardes, friend of the university. Bienvenidos a Chit Chat with the real champ. Not that mask weirdo. Steven Larson, I have a quick question for you. We're halfway there. We're almost at SummerSlam. So I want you to do the same thing that you did last year for me. Build and book Your dream card For Wrestlemania 34 Move the championships However you want to move them Do whatever you want to do Build the best Wrestlemania card With the current roster Peace
3: out Thank you Adam Mayhem Thank you champ So uh Right now, let's book five matches for WrestleMania 34. Main event, AJ versus Nakamura. For the WWE title. Yes. Uh, Next, C- Roman versus John Cena. Correct, for the Universal title. Yes. That for the Universal title. For the United States Championship. Um, United States Championship. Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens. There you go. For the Intercontinental title. Uh, Rollins versus Dean Ambrose. There you go. Blow-off match for the Yes. Piece.
1: And Oscar versus Charlotte. Good. All good stuff. All great stuff. Next up, Carlos Hackworth has a question.
4: Hey, what's going on, friendos? Um, seeing as how SummerSlam is right around the corner and, you know, a lot of unexpected things tend to happen on the big four pay-per-views, um, what are your top ten things that uh, you would like to see? I guess your top ten fantasy bookings for SummerSlam. Um, my number one will probably be, uh, the club versus the Wyatt family, uh, seeing as how Smackdown is a, Smackdown and Raw is a joint entity when it comes to, uh, SummerSlam. I would like to see the Wyatt family versus the club and seeing how, um, uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson seem to be going facious. Uh, it'll be seen CD- it would be good to see them uh, team up with Finn. So um, what are your thoughts? And keep up with the good work, friendos.
1: Thank you, Carlos. Carlos, we are going to have to defer to our countout this weekend because Saturday,
3: tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. So just stay
1: tuned for tomorrow and we've got yeah, the exact idea.
3: Ten things
0: that should happen at SummerSlam. Correct.
1: Next up from A.O. Worm, let's see what he
2: has to say.
0: Hey, what's good, everybody? It's A.O. Worm here with another video question. So about the Mae Young Classic, of the 32 competitors, how many do you think will sign with WWE? Do you think they'll go to NXT, or do you think they'll brand them as their own division and have their own show on the network? And exactly what will each of their ceilings be? Like, will they just be there as jobbers, or do you think they'll actually become champions over time? Thank you, friendos.
1: Thank you. Thank you, A.O. Worm. Great question. The May Young Classic competitors. So I have I think Meltzer mentioned that uh, they've already signed a number of them, more than they had thought they were originally going oh, yeah. to. Oh,
3: Kyrie Sane signed before the term had started.
1: Yeah. She's going to be huge.
3: Yeah. Uh, Bianca Blair is already in developmental.
1: What is
3: the, the, the... As was, I don't know what her name is now, but Kimberly... Yeah, and Crazy Mary Dobson.
1: I think they've got. I think the the crowd was super behind Jazzy Gabert, the large German uh, lady. Um, so I'm pretty sure they're going to sign her. And then of course there was the four horsewoman. Oh,
3: Shanna Basler. Shanna, yeah,
1: I think that's the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think uh, Shanna Basler. And I would think I would think they're going to sign Candace LeRae. Yeah, I would think. I mean, I think she she went pretty far in the thing. I think, anyways. Um, so no, I think, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, I'd like to say they're going to do their own show on the network. I have no idea if that's the case. Yeah, no, I haven't seen that. I, I mean, if they're signing,
3: if they're going to sign a dozen of the competitors, they would have would to. think they would need to sign. Or they're going to start, start a, start a sound sound show. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but I mean, like, you know, it's much like the cruiserweight classic, you know, there was some competitors came out there that were instantly top of the card mm-hmm. on 205 live. And there were some that were there to take losses, and there are some that were signed that are hardly ever on the show.
2: Grand Malik.
3: So I would expect the same if the women get their own show. Logan
2: Toronto! Whoa! That,
3: you know, who, obviously whoever wins the thing is going to be a massive star and is going to headline the show. Yeah. Um, and then you know, there's they got to have people fill out various spots on the card. Yep. Yep. What are you gonna do? <laughs> That's my answer, everybody. Yeah. What are you going to do? Anyways, that's
1: it for now, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye.
5: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well.